The Big East regular season is finally in the books. And now we are officially on the road on the march to MSG. Welcome inside the Igloo. I'm Tim Best. And you know what they say, three's company. And three is company as three teams shared the Big East Championship by the end of the night on Saturday. And this was interesting because in the previous six seasons in the Big East, there has always been an outright winner with Villanova taking all but one of those regular season titles. This time around, Seton Hall had a chance to win it outright. They had a chance to do it on Wednesday but couldn't do it and had another chance to on Saturday at Creighton to do so. But let's talk about the entire day from start to finish. Starting with a game at MSG, Marquette against St. John's at the Garden. Marquette trying to find a way to get back in the win column before the start of the biggest tournament and get to 500 in conference to avoid being in the opening round game on Wednesday as the 7th seed. Well, they didn't do themselves any favors to avoid that because against St. John's, a team that, despite losing by 22 against Butler on Wednesday, still playing better basketball. And the Red Storm... Came ready to play early on, and Marquette didn't, as they took a huge lead at halftime. It was a 19-point lead, 47-28. But Marquette came roaring back and made this one a ball game and made this pretty competitive. But in the end, the Golden Eagles just dug themselves just way too deep, if I'm being completely honest with you. St. John's escapes in the regular season finale with an 88-86 to victory. Marcus Howard, final regular season game, he chipped in 30 points. And Sakar Adam, he had a heck of a game for himself too. He had 24 Went 2 of 3 from distance, 7 of 16 from the field. As Howard, by the way, went 8 of 16 from the field, 6 of 10 from 3. But the thing is, those two guys combined for 54 points. The rest of the Golden Eagles had a combined 32. Greg Elliott, the only other Golden Eagle in double figures with 11 points. And then he had 7 from Jamal Kane. Six points and 11 rebounds from Jace Johnson. Just four from Samir Torrance. And Theo John and Brendan Bailey both laying up goose eggs in a combined just 20 minutes. Meanwhile, for St. John's, they had four guys in double figures all in the starting lineup. Champagny with a team-high 21 points and 12 rebounds. Figueroa with 15. Greg Williams with 17. Nick Rutherford with 19, and Rutherford getting the start on senior day, uh, the Monmouth transfer, 7-10 from the field, 2-3 of three from distance. Greg Williams went 2-4 of four from downtown. Figueroa went 3-7 for seven from downtown. And despite Marquette having a better three-point shooting percentage at 47.6%, St. John's at 47.5%, uh, meanwhile, for the charity stripe, Marquette, 20 of 24. St. John's, 21 of 36. And funny thing is, Marquette actually out-rebounded St. John's by a dozen. But again, it's St. John's who holds on to win 88 to 86. Marquette finishes under 500 in conference. So, basically, with that loss, if Xavier wins later on that night to set up that scenario... Marquette's going to have would have to play Wednesday night. We'll get to Butler Xavier later on. 
Meanwhile, in D.C., at the same time, Villanova, Georgetown. A game that I thought Villanova would run away with. Well, it didn't happen like that. Villanova, early on, looked like they were rolling away with it. They were up 26-9 early on, but Georgetown did not give up despite being shorthanded. And they were they had a couple leads during this game. They did. But Villanova just found a way to win a tough one in D.C. Yes, they might have gotten a little bit of help as the Wildcats basically won the game on a goaltending call plus a foul that gave them a one-point win, 70-69 to the final. So Villanova gets their piece of the pie in terms of the share of the Big East regular season title. And they do it without much bench production, just four points off the bench, all from Demir Cosby-Roundtree. Slater and Swider off the bench combined for just seven minutes of action. And all five Villanova starters scored in double figures. Sadiq Bay with 18 points. 13 each from Samuels and Jeremiah Robinson-Earl. Justin Moore and Colin Gillespie each with 11. And then for Georgetown, Jamorco Pickett was on fire early on. He had a game-high 20 points, but he did foul out. Five rebounds, four or five from distance, seven of nine from the field. And then on top of that, Terrell Allen in his final home game had 17. And same for Jagan Mosley. He had... 13 as four of five starters for Georgetown went wire to wire. Kudus Wahab played 30 minutes and then his backup Ego Hefe played 10 minutes and scored three points. So a tremendous effort from Georgetown, but it comes up just short. Villanova wins 70-69. And then for the number one seed, Seton Hall against Creighton. Seton Hall looked good early on. It was a back-and-forth game, and it was tied at 32 at halftime. And then Seton Hall, with about nine minutes to go, they were up 50-47. But then Creighton closed the game on a 30-10 run as they pulled away to win 77-60. The good news for the Blue Jays, Marcus Zigorowski led the way perfect from distance, 5-5. of He also went 8 of 10 overall from the field, 23 points, which is a game high. But the bad news, he went down uh, with a knee injury that it's now being referred to as a meniscus injury that is leaving him doubtful for the Big East tournament. So yes, they get the Big East regular season title, a share of it, and the number one seed, but it does come at a cost. Tyshawn Alexander chipped in 15 points. Denzel Mahoney off the bench with 16, and then 8 each from Jefferson and Ballack, and 5 from Christian Bishop. And for Seton Hall, 15 each from McKnight and Powell, 12 off the bench for Jared Roden. But Seton Hall struggled from deep, 8 of 22 from 3. Meanwhile, Creighton well over 50% from 3 and from the field. As, again, Creighton rolls to a 77-60 victory. And on top of that, Creighton fans celebrating... The, their first Big East regular season title. Although they didn't win outright, they did get a share of it. And they did get the number one seed. So fan, uh, student storm in the court. Uh, the team cutting down the net. Um, obviously, it left a bad taste in Seton Hall's mouth, especially head coach Kevin Willard. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, despite Seton Hall losing back-to-back games to end the regular season, losing out on the number one seed. After having a three-game lead in the standings with seven to go, seven games to go, it's got to leave a bad taste in Seton Hall's mouth. It'll be interesting to see if how it affects them, whether it be positively or negatively. And then, not really much to say about this next one. Providence just no part of my friends, and I'm, you know, I'm not trying to miss my words here, but they just beat the absolute shit out of DePaul. They were up 30 at halftime and then won 93-55. A.J. Reeves was on fire early on. He finished with a game-high 19 points. 6-12 shooting, 4-8 of from distance. And then in their final home games as Friars, Alpha Diallo with 17 points, Lawan Pipkins with a dozen, Emmett Holt with 5, Malik White in limited minutes, he knocked down a 3, and then Khalif Young with 3 points. 
And then also starring for the Friars, how about 16 from David Duke and 18 from Nate Watson? Meanwhile, for DePaul, they just couldn't get anything going. Four of, thir four of 17 from distance, just under 35% from the field. Charlie Moore had 14 points to lead the way for the Blue Demons. The only other player in double figures for DePaul was Angenda with 10 points and 19 minutes of action. And then no other Blue Demon double figures in, in terms of the starters and, and for the rest of the team for that matter. Darius Hall with just two, seven for Jalen Butts, six for Romeo Weems. He struggled from the field, three of 13 overall. And then Jalen Coleman-Lance with seven. As, again, Providence, they steamrolled DePaul by 38. And the reason why you steamroll is because Providence used to have a professional sports team called the Providence Steamrollers. There's your little fun fact for anyone that didn't know that. And then, finally, the nightcap, Butler and Xavier at the Cintas Center, and a game that I nearly predicted perfectly. I had Butler winning by one point. Actually, the exact score I had, even though I didn't say it, was 70-69. to 69. It finished 72-71. My prediction was that Kamar Baldwin would, would hit the game-winning shot with time running out. Well, Butler won by one, and Kamar Baldwin hit the game-winning shot with time running out. And that was part of his, that was a game-winning three part of his game-high 36 points. 13 of 25 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3. And that, that's exactly half of Butler's points. Aaron Thompson was the only other Bulldog in double figures with 12. Sean McDermott with just 3. Enzi and Golden each with just 6. Henry Badley knocked down two threes off the bench, which were his only shot attempts for 6 points. And then Jordan Tucker with 3. Overall, Butler was under just under 50% at 49 but 57% from three on eight of 14. Xavier struggled from three at six of 23 at 26.1%, and then just under 44% overall from the field. Najee Marshall played all 40 minutes and played a great game, including getting a three-point play, trailing by one that gave Xavier a two-point lead before Baldwin hit the game-winning three. He finished with 21 points a team high, seven of 14 shooting. Tyreek Jones, another monster game for him, a double-double. 14 points, 13 rebounds. Jason Carter in his final home game in a Xavier uniform, 17 points, 3 of 4 from distance, 5 of 8 from the field. And then Kiki Tandy off the bench, the freshman with 10. Quentin Gooden with just 3, and Zach Fremantle with 6. So Butler, with that win, secures the 5 seed in the Big East tournament, and then with Xavier, because they lost and. Lost out on the tiebreaker with Marquette at 8 and 10 because Marquette swept him in the regular season. Xavier is the odd man out, and they're going to have to be the seventh seed playing on the opening night of the Big East tournament in that 10 7 game against DePaul. So, other news and notes uh, the All Big East teams were named the All Big East first team. These six men named to it, Kamar Baldwin, Tyshawn Alexander, Marcus Howard, Miles Powell, Sadiq Bey, Najee Marshall. And then the second team, you had Marcus Zigorowski, Paul Reed, Alpha Diallo, Colin Gillespie, and Tyree Jones. Now, I agree that all of them deserve to be on the All-Big East teams. But I think if I had one gripe, it would be that I thought Tyreek Jones should have made it on the first team. I mean, this guy was a double-double machine. He was by far the best post player in the Big East this year. And I think it's a testament to the state of basketball today because it's very guard-oriented. And we rarely see a lot of amazing big men who just stay down low and just bully people. I mean, in my opinion, I think Tyree Jones is almost like a carbon copy of Angel Delgado now. Um, so I guess that was the only thing I had an issue with. Also, I think Marcus Zigorowski could have made a push for being on the All-Big East first team. 
because of just him being the best scorer for the Blue Jays. But I do understand why Alexander got the all-first-team nod versus Zigorowski. And I, I I get it. It's whatever. But, man, I think Tyree Jones really should have gotten his due and been on the first team. Um, I had no problems with the All-Big East freshman, the honorees there. I mean, all six of them deserve to have the spot. Uh, in terms of who wins freshman of the year, I think from start to finish, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl was the best even though Justin Moore was better for a lot of those games compared to Robinson Earl. However, I mean, to talk about some other things, I mean, Coach of the Year in the Big East, considering that Greg McDermott had his guys projected finish 7th in the Big East and ended up with the number one seed, a three-way tie for first in the Big East to get that three-way share of the title. I think McDermott is head and shoulders above all the other coaches, uh, or at least for the coaches in contention for Big East Coach of the Year, and I don't think there's any doubt that Greg McDermott's going to get that honor. Big East Defensive Player of the Year and also most improved was Romero Gill. I, don't, I wasn't very surprised by either of those. I mean, the strides that Roe made from last year to this year were incredible. I mean... There were some games this year where he just looked absolutely unstoppable. I mean, automatic alley-oop machine. Just a proverbial rim protector. And a guy that disrupts offenses in so many ways. I mean, so many teams early on were so afraid to drive on Romero Gill. And that's why Seton Hall was so successful in the first half of conference play. Where they started 10-1. and and a lot of that had to do with Romero Gill and his interior defense. And the way that he improved on offense. This is a guy that averaged like maybe a basket a game last year. And early on in conference play, I mean, he was dominant. He was arguably the best center in the Big East before Tyreek Jones went on a tear and became that double-double machine that he became on a consistent basis, you know, in the later stages of the season, in the majority of Big East play. So for Rowe to take home both of those honors, it really shows how far along he's come as a player. And again, deserved both of those. So congratulations to Romero and all... Uh, the honorees for all Big East and all freshmen. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, again, who wins Big East Player of the Year. Um, I'm still debating right now between Marcus Howard and Miles Powell right now. Um, but I'm going to have my prediction when I have Patrick Madden on tomorrow. But I think I've made it clear as to who should be Coach of the Year and Freshman of the Year. i got to give those to... Greg McDermott for Coach of the Year and Jeremiah Robinson Earl for Freshman of the Year, even though I highly considered uh, Justin Moore to overtake him. Uh, but if anything, maybe they'll share it. I think that might be the best way to go about it. So we'll see. So coming up next, I got Monty Moss, a good friend of mine and a broadcaster over at Ramapo College down in Jersey and a former WSU intern back when I was in college. I got him on the show next. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Igloo. Welcome back inside the Igloo. Obviously, it was a wild final day of the regular season in the Big East. So now everything is now set in stone for who's going to be playing in what spots at the Big East tournament this week in the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. And joining me now, he's got some pretty good perspective, a lot of knowledge on Seton Hall. Me and him go way back. He was an intern when I was at WSOU in college, and now he does a lot of broadcasting and uh, sports information, for that matter, with um, his alma mater of Newark Eastside High School. Also, by the way, the alma mater of Seton Hall great Ishmael Sonogo, as well as his current college, Ramapo, uh, down in Jersey. Um, me and him go way back, my guy, Monty Moss. Uh, Monty, um, 
Well, welcome inside the Igloo, first and foremost, and uh, how we feeling as we um, get ready for what should be a wild week of hoops in the, in, in the Big Apple. Hey, man, pleasure to be on the show, man, Tim. Thanks for, thanks for the invitation. I'm honored and humbled to, to be on this podcast and talk some hoops with you. But digging forward into next week, man, I'm, I'm feeling good, by the way. Uh, beautiful Sunday. Shout out to my L.A. Lakers getting a dub today against the Claw and the Clippers. Well-deserved win. But uh, digging into the Big East, man, I'm looking forward to next week. I think I think the bracket is is well played out to be a good one going through Madison Square Garden. Um, obviously, matching up, you know, Seton Hall not ending, you know, it's regular season on a good note, you know, on a two-game losing streak, you know, losing Nova on Wednesday and a uh, tough loss at Creighton uh, on the road. Uh, so right now for them personally, they, they just got to, you know, hit the reset button, uh, refocus, recharge. And uh, going to the Big East tournament with with uh, with open mindset of of resparking because we both know uh, them as a three seed. And uh, quick question: They was the three seed when they won in twenty sixteen, no? Yeah, they were. And now this is the fourth time in the last five years now that they've had the three seed in the conference tournament. So yeah, I mean this is. <laughs> I mean, for Seton Hall fans, I mean, I, I guarantee, I mean, not, not having the one seeds one thing, but they're probably even more so mo- moaning and groaning about the fact that for the third year in a row now, they got to play in the late game, 930 on Thursday night. But, hey, I, if you're a college basketball fan in general, you got to want to stay up because, I mean, this is officially going to be with the way that the bracket's set up now, uh, the in all likelihood – the final battle ever, and we're going to get one more round and should be perhaps the most exciting battle between the Big East two marquee players, Miles Powell and Marcus Howard. So um, from that perspective, is is that kind of the game that you're looking forward to the most just in terms of the matchups that are currently already uh, set in stone for uh, this coming week in New York? Uh, yeah, I, I think I think you know, looking at the bracket, looking at uh, at both sides, all all the games that are happening, uh, that's that's the one that I circled, you know, number one on when I looked at the bracket on on, uh, on on the computer. Uh, that that's the matchup I definitely look forward to a rematch between you know two studs, uh, both lead, both uh, behind each other in the conference and scoring, you know, two great teams, and uh, I, I think I think uh, uh, the winner in that game definitely will probably more than likely be the Big East champ because if you look at the other side of the bracket. Uh, you got Villanova going against, um, and a, and a <coughs> excuse me, on, on a great team over there. So, uh, yeah, that's definitely the most game I'm looking forward to. I, I I think I think more pressure lies with on uh, Marquette. I mean, Marquette's been on a on a downfall out of last four mm-hmm. five games. They've been on a losing streak. You know, Mark Howard and and that offense had just been a, a, a little discombobulated and. You know, I'm looking forward to see what Marquette is going to do, uh, both offensively and defensively, going into the Big East tournament because you know they they they're allowing over 60 plus points a game, and uh, these are type of games for Seton Hall where you know I think that offense can get clicking again and and, and get that boost going if they want to make a deep run in, into the Big East tournament. But yeah, no 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 doubt about it. That's that's the most that's the game I'm looking forward to the most. And I think if you're Seton Hall, I think you got to be thanking your lucky stars that you got Marquette. Instead of Xavier in uh, the quarterfinal round, because Marquette, again, they're trending downward. They've lost six of their last seven games, and they just lost back-to-back games on the road against the two worst teams in the Big East, uh, DePaul and St. John's. They lost those two games by a combined uh, three points. And you know what? I know everyone's been saying um, with Mar- uh, with the Big East this year and how things are kind of stacking up right now. Mm-hmm. Currently, out of the 10 teams, it looks like seven of them are going to make the NCAA tournament. But you know what? I'm, I'm kind of shaky on Marquette now uh, being in the field of 68. Um, I mean, it looked like they were going to be a lock. And a lot of people would say, despite all their losses recently, that they still should be a lock. Uh, so what are your thoughts on uh, how Marquette uh, will be looking on Selection Sunday if uh, they end up losing to Seton Hall, uh, losing a seventh game out of eight and still being, you know, two wins under the 20 win benchmark and having 13 losses to their name and a losing conference record. 
Yeah, uh, I definitely, you know, definitely this game coming up against Seahawks Hall is going to be a, a big game for them. Not, you know, not also just for the Big East tournament, but their shot of, of punching a ticket into the tournament. Uh, I think they can't um, – they definitely can't afford to lose this game because I think if they lose, they'll be on the outside looking in, probably the last four uh, – first four out or last four out, whatever. Um, but definitely, I, I think with seeding-wise, if Marquette was to lose, because definitely looking at other different bracketologies of different people and, and their predictions, they have Marquette listed as a 9-10 at lowest. But if they definitely was to lose against Seton Hall in, in, in the Big East tournament, I could definitely see – if they was to get in, maybe they can they they'll drop maybe to a 11, 12 seed, maybe depending on how other how other uh, tournaments uh, conference tournaments play out. But uh, if you're Marquette, you definitely got to go into the garden with with, with guns blazing, fire under you, because you know your season could possibly be on the line with a loss. You you know you may not make the tournament, but if they do get in, even if they do lose, I think they'll do get in, but they'll be their seed will definitely drop from a nine because I definitely all I've been seeing is nine seeds and 10 seeds from Marquette. So um, I could definitely see them getting in, but they'll just probably be like a low seed. My my guess is probably 12 or 13. That that would be my prediction, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, I mean, 12 or 13 may be pushing it a little bit. And, I mean, you got some bid stealers that are out there. I mean, Utah State stole a bid. Yeah. Um, you got a bid stealer out of Missouri Valley with Bradley um, – you know, winning uh, their conference tournament after uh, Northern Iowa and Loyola Chicago uh, both lost in their in their opening round games. So, I mean, it's a lot to think about, but I'll tell you um, the funny thing is now one team that really wasn't in the conversation for such a long time, but I, I think they're safely in with the way that they've been playing. And I think arguably, I know, I know Creighton's been great mm-hmm. – as of late, but I mean, I think it's a fair argument to say that the hottest team going into the Garden is Providence. Um, how, how do you like the Friars? Uh, hey, man, you know they're right on the coffin. I was just gonna say that was gonna be my second game to look forward to them in Butler, but Providence right now they're they're rolling. They're on an all time high. Ed Cooley got those guys in in high gear, and and they're just going out there and competing hard, man. I definitely like. You know, Providence as a sleeper in the Big East tournament. Ed Cooley always has has his team locked and loaded, ready to go. And they're always they're always uh, they're always in the push for for a deep a deep push in the tournament in general in the Big East. So, uh, looking at them, man, they got they got some good guys over there. Um, with Duke, he's just been playing just playing ecstatic, especially last last few games. He's just been on an all time high, and. Uh, I, I think I think them against them against uh, Butler is going to be a very interesting game because you know the way it's probably going to match up between the two. Uh, Providence is, is, is good. They're going to have they're going to they're going to have a hard time against Butler. You know Butler's no sleeper in my, in my opinion. Uh, they always they always there to play, and uh, I think it'll probably be a close game. But I, I definitely like Providence to win. Probably by I don't know. I'm going to go on a limb here. Say Providence by eight. Uh, but they definitely finished the season strong. They put up 93 against, uh, you know, a bad DePaul team, of course. Uh, Diallo, you know, 17-8 and eight on that game. Uh, he's definitely been rolling the, the last couple games to end the season. And, you know, Providence going into the Big East hot. They're, they're the hottest team going in there. And they're, they're, there's, there are a lot of people that's, that's probably predicting that they can't get it done. But I definitely like them as my sleeper pick to win it all. And obviously, right now, um, the top seed again. There was a three-way tie at the top of the Big East at thirteen and five, uh, and with the, between the head-to-head, Seton Hall was kind of on the outside looking in. So they fell all the way to three. Villanova's your two, and then uh, Creighton snatched the one. And considering where this team was projected to be back in October of the preseason poll at number seven, yeah. to get the number one seed, I think that has to be one of the most underreported stories of this entire college basketball season and as far as I'm concerned I don't know if you agree with this or not but I think it's a shoo-in that Greg McDermott gets Big East coach of the year this year I you could I, I I'm not going to disagree with you I I would I would cast my vote for, for McDermott to be to be coach of the year because you know coming in definitely like you said in the preseason they weren't even predicted to be within the top four and for them to to, to where they are right now in the season and definitely winning you know sharing the Big East regular season chance with Seton Hall, Villanova. Yeah, Coach McDermott definitely gets my vote. Those guys, those guys ha- have just been on. And and shout out to um, quick quick shout out to McDermott and his staff. Man, he has a great staff over there at Creighton. Those those guys, those coaches prepare those guys very well. 
day in and day out, and they don't get the credit that they deserve, in my opinion. But uh, definitely, I, I I would make the vote. You have my vote for for McDermott to be Big East Coach of the Year. <laughs> I mean, uh, just with the that team is just so dangerous, yeah. man. And you yeah. know, um, with the way that they play, um, they can beat anyone on any given night because you know when it comes to shooting the rock, if if you run into a team that's red hot. You know, your season could end just like that, and Creighton is that team that can uh, do that. I mean, they got a three-headed monster um, at the guards in their starting five. You know, Zigorowski, Alexander, and Bullock, uh, and Balak. Oh, my goodness. And the funny thing is, no one was really expecting Creighton to do anything because of how undersized they were. I mean, their center, Christian Bishop, 6'7". They have Kelvin Jones coming off the bench, but they also lost Jacob Epperson, you know, before the season started about a month before. Uh, when he suffered a gruesome leg injury that um, is going to keep him out all year long. Um, but nonetheless, Creighton has overcome all of that. And, I mean, right now they they got a legitimate two-seed resume uh, with everything going on. Um, but I, I will say this, though, um, as we kind of, you know, wrap up just the – the final day of the regular season. I mean, it was from start to finish. There were, a, there was a lot of good basketball to be played. I mean, obviously Providence won in a blowout. Yeah. Um, Creighton steamrolled Seton Hall in the second half. Yeah. But I mean, the other three games were decided by a combined four points. There were a lot of dramatics um, across the league throughout the day. Um, so uh, what were some of your takeaways in terms of, just all of the results that happened on Saturday and then obviously um, causing the seeds as we see them now uh, to be uh, what they are as we get ready for the best conference tournament in America. Yeah. Uh, well, is there, has there been a, an update on Zagorowski and his, and his, I know late in that second half, he had got hurt, banged up against Seton Hall with his knee. Uh, I haven't saw any, Ooh. I haven't saw any updates with as far as his, his injury, uh, as far as injury is concerned, but he was definitely, you know, he, he got subbed off in that game and uh, the trainers were mostly uh, working on his knee. I'm not sure if he, anything with his bone or his hamstring, anything like that, but uh, that that's definitely huge for Creighton going into their tournament. If he's not at a hundred percent, I'm pretty sure, you know, they have some time now to, to make sure that he's, he's get there. But uh, I thought in my opinion, when I saw him get up, run off the court, I'm like, that's not good long-term for Creighton. And, but, uh, hopefully he gets well because that, that's him and, and Alexander, Tyson Alexander. That, that's huge. That's a huge backcourt for Creighton, especially with Biggie's coming up. But going into your into your other other question, man, um, from Saturday, Georgetown going over that. That was a pretty that was a pretty not pretty good game. You know, going down to the stretch. Uh, give shout out to Georgetown and the uh, coach Hewen. He had he had a, a game plan executed Villanova and early in that first half. You know, Villanova was was really struggling. They couldn't really get anything going. <clears throat> Um, I think the obviously the biggest play of the game, now that game was uh, the goal ten call, which I thought was I thought was a good call in, in, in general. Um, I, you can make an argument say maybe it wasn't because he blocked it before it hit the backboard, or, or maybe it, it just skimmed the backboard when he blocked it. But uh, give 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 Jay Wright and Villanova credit. Uh, I thought uh, it was smart to not to call a timeout in that late game situation. Um, and Gillespie was just well, well, well orchestrated. Had a nice back down, kicked it out, then the extra pass, and then obviously drew the foul on Bay, which I mean that's uh, the foul that was on Samuels, which got him to the line and gave him the two point lead. Well, gave him the one point lead, but uh, that game was definitely a good one. Like you said, Providence in the blowout. Butler and Xavier went down to the wire. Butler with a with a well, well, well good win to go into the Big East tournament to to win by one against Xavier, but. Uh, for you, what what other what other game that you that looking at the bracket? What other game that you think besides uh, obviously Seton Hall and Marquette and Butler and Providence? What other one that that you think that is going to be a good one that you look forward to? I mean, I think the big one is for me. It's it's going to be really tough because I mean, obviously the first game of the tournament between St. John's and Georgetown. I mean, with Georgetown, if you don't got year seven in the clung. I mean, they've been in trouble since then. I mean, and, and it's been a theme over the last five years for Georgetown with struggling uh, to finish the regular season strong. And a matter of fact, I've got this number here in the last five years in their final six regular season games in conference, Georgetown's records in those games 
Um, so, like, meaning the last six games of the regular season at, in, in each of those seasons, they were combined six and 24, and they lost their each of the last six to end the regular season. Granted, it was shorthanded, um, but let's say – and just something else to think about with St. John's, I mean, St. John's is going to be favored. I mean, they saved their best basketball for last. I mean, they only had three conference wins going into March, mm -hmm. and they beat two solid teams in Creighton and Marquette, both at home. Great. And keep in mind, you're in the garden. Um, and if St. John's wins, I'm going to be really intrigued to see what round three is going to be like between the Red, the Red Storm and the Blue Jays because I think Creighton's going to keep that 20-point loss against St. John's in the back of their mind. Uh, so I'm going to be really intrigued to see what's going to happen um, if they do get a rematch. Uh, I mean, St. John's just lit them up. Now the question is, you know, can St. John's find a way to sustain that? Again, highly unlikely that they do. And I'm, I'm also intrigued to see how Creighton fans are going to travel for this one. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, yes, they're the top seed. And yes, they're farthest away from New York City than any other team in the Big East. Mm -hmm. But with everything that's been going on and the adversity they've overcome to get the number one seed, I uh, best believe they're, um, they're going to come out in droves all the way from Omaha and all corners of the Midwest. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Butler Providence is obviously going to be a really good game. I, I, I already can tell. I mean, uh, another matchup in the Big East tournament. These two teams met in the first round a year ago. Now it's a quarterfinal game in a 5-4 setting. Um, but you know, I, I'm just really – there's a lot to look forward to. Marquette and Seton Hall is obviously really important because both of these teams have been ice cold lately. Yeah. And one of these teams has got to win right. and get their confidence back somehow. Um, and I think with Seton Hall, considering they, they think MSG is like their second home, they've only played an MSG once all year, which is – Really, really rare. I mean, normally they'll have an extra game in there. I mean, they played a neutral court game in that building each of the last three years before this year. So, um, and more importantly, I'm just really intrigued to see, you know, how is this team going to bounce back after the week they just had? And will, will it humble them and uh, get them hungry again? Because I think uh, when they see that really low number next to their name being at the top 10, I think this team gets a little bit complacent. And hopefully now that they have to be in that three spot again, compared to being number one, I, I think that's going to, I think that's finally going to let light that fire under them uh, for real this time. I mean, yes, they had it a couple times in the regular season after some bad losses and stretches where they didn't play good basketball, but to lose the regular season title up two games with two to go and also being up three games with seven to go, you know, that's, that can't sit well with you, especially um, the sight of Creighton's fan storming the court and also cutting down the net yeah. after they had, you know, really kicked you to the curb in the second half out in Omaha. So you're, you're, there's going to be a lot of storylines and obviously a lot of good stuff to look forward to. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but they also had the honorees for all biggies, first team, second team, and all freshmen. Um, I don't know if you've taken a look at these yet, but, um, I know John Fanta tweeted these out earlier today and a lot of, you know, picks that were fairly expected in terms of being on the first team. I mean, no surprise with Marcus Howard, Miles Powell. Uh, being on the first team, along with Baldwin, Alexander, Najee Marshall, and Sadiq Bey. And then on the second team, you got Zigorowski, Paul Reed, uh, Alpha Diallo, Colin Gillespie, and uh, Tyreek Jones. Uh, so, you know, on that list, uh, any guys stand out to you that maybe should have been a first team guy or maybe got on the first team, should have been on the second team, maybe vice versa, maybe some guys that should have made the cut for either one of those teams uh, but didn't make it. Um, your thoughts? Uh, definitely, you know, before I even dig into that, which you're seeing Hall, you're seeing Hall comment. I, I think uh, for seeing Hall, you know, right now 
you know, I think them being at number eight before that Wednesday game against Villanova kind of played a little factor. Uh, obviously, the hottest season that they had in a long time, and that kind of plays that, that kind of plays an issue mentally because the way you carry yourself going into certain games, like you know, with that with them being eight, I think that gave them a, that gave them a little bit more a little bit more leeway to, to thinking that they were legitimate and eighth seed. And people made the argument that maybe they shouldn't have been an eighth seed. But in my opinion, I think they well, they deserve to be the eighth seed at that moment in time. But, you know, I, I think with the last two games that played out was obviously Villanova and Creighton that you need losses like that to humble you and, and, and make sure that, okay, we're not good enough. We're not that good. And you need to come back to ground zero and you need to get back to the basics of what got you there. Uh, so definitely, you know, going back to what you said with how does how Seton Hall come in, in into Thursday's game at nine o'clock, it's, it's pretty simple. Both teams deservedly need a win, but Marquette is more on a losing streak going downhill more than Seton Hall. I think both teams are capable to getting their team to play the right way on, on Thursday where they can give them, themselves the best shot to win. But in my opinion, I, I, I'm going to go with Seton Hall to win, not just because uh, of of the last – few games but as a whole I think that Kevin Will is going to have those guys fired up ready to go I'm pretty sure his message to this team is like listen our season is over of course losing on the road but uh, we, we needed this loss to just smack us in the face and give us a reality check of we're not that good yet or we can be better and I, I you know going with what you said I, I think that uh, it's going to be a great game and I'm going to take Seton Hall to win uh, but definitely as as a uh, as a team, when you when you're on an all time high, because they were soaring at one point, and they got the eighth, they got the number eight in the country. You need losses like that to kind of humble you in a way, as I like to say, in basketball, and, and kind of make you just take a step back and just get back to just get back to the basics. And uh, but going in, digging into digging into the all conference first team, second team. Um, I'm not gonna stand and say I'm disappointed by 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 first team, second team, and third. Uh, I think it's well deserved on on, on both teams. Uh, you could make the argument, maybe. I mean, I I I originally had thought that um, there were there was at one point a buzz that Sadiq Bay should have been a, a second team All Big East. I'm like, there's just no way that he's. You can't even. There's nobody legitimately other than the Big East that 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 can that you can say like we're gonna put this guy in front of Sadiq Bay for him not to be the first team all conference. But uh look looking at looking at it, I think on, on all cylinders, I think it's fair. I, I don't disagree with, with any of any of uh any of it. I think Colin Gillespie definitely should have been a, a second team all conference. And I no surprise to me. Um if I if you were to tell me probably about a week ago to, to make, come up with a list uh, of a first team, second team, that I probably would write it out just as much as it came out. Uh, but definitely no surprise to me. Um, what, what what did you think about it? Well, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, this might this is my opinion, but I think Tyreek Jones might have gotten the short end of the stick there, honestly. And I mean, this guy was a double double machine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was a big reason why Xavier made the resurgence that they did. Yes, I know Najee Marshall is the best team of their uh, the best guy on the team and their best scorer, but their best player. Was Ty was Tyree Jones, and it's and and it's by a country mile, in my opinion. And then on top of that, too, one guy that was really making a strong push and was playing like a legitimate first team All Big East guy, but obviously, like he didn't do this till late. But I mean, just the surge that he he went on, and I think he's going to continue moving forward. Yeah. But Lawan Pipkins from Providence, man, sleeper, he has become a cold blooded killer for the Friars lately. I mean, this Ed Cooley said it. This team runs as far as Lawan Pipkins wants to take him. And look at the way that they're going right now. He's led them into a team that is now safely in the tournament after being an afterthought after they lost to Penn, Northwestern, Long Beach State, and the College of Charleston in the first month of the season. Yeah. Um, but I'm really intrigued to see if, you know, certain guys that didn't make the cut um, I'm going to be intrigued to see if those guys can kind of put on performances that try to say, you know, hey, um, maybe maybe you left me off wrongfully here and I'm going to prove you wrong here. So I'm, I'm really intrigued to see 
what's going to happen? I think in terms of the honorees, in terms of being on the first and second teams, I think you got it right. I think you can also make a fair argument that maybe Marcus Zigorowski should have been a first-team guy with the way he played in conference. I mean, he had a couple games. I mean, uh, one against DePaul at home and another against Seton Hall also at home. Actually, no, it was against Butler at home where he went seven for seven from three. And then against Seton Hall, he went five for five from three. I mean, he's he's easily the three best three-point shooter in the league by a mile. And, I mean, if he's not first team now, he's going to be first team for the next two years. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that uh, Zigorowski is going to continue to carry this Creighton team uh, for years to come. And I think he's, he's the most dangerous and potent player on that Blue Jay team on a team that features a lot of guys who have that uh, that X factor and just that ability to, you know, light up the scoreboard and cause a lot of problems for a defense. And obviously we saw that Seton Hall just couldn't guard him or really anybody on the perimeter for that matter uh, yeah. with the way Crean was shooting the rock. Yeah. Um, so overall, uh, as we kind of wrap things up, obviously uh, with the Big East tournament, anything and everything can happen in this tournament. Yeah. Um, but just to get some general thoughts, um, not just with Seton Hall, but just for the entire tournament, it is going to be a barn burner. It's going to yield some surprising results. Um, th- I mean, there's no question on that. Uh, I mean, and there are, are several teams who are in position now to, uh, make a push to win uh, the Big East tournament. Right now, you got arguably st- seven teams still in the in the field. Uh, so I guess now the question I got to pose to you is: um, at when it's all said and done, how many teams are going to represent the Big East in the NCAA tournament, and who do you got winning uh, the Big East tournament? Maybe even you know you can mention uh, obviously not just a winner, but you know who who uh, who. Uh, what your matchup is for the championship game on Saturday night. Oh, man, you're kind of throwing me under the bus with this one. I, I, it's too early. It's Sunday, March 8th. The tournament starts Wednesday. I had, I've i dug in a little bit. I've done my homework on, on predictions. But, uh, man, you just throwing me under the bus with this one. But I appreciate it. All love at the end of the day. Um, oh, man, this, this is tough. I, I, I think, not, you know, first game, you got St. John's and, and, and Georgetown. That's, that's going to be – I, I think that's going to be a game where 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 obviously you know St. John's is, is the Garden is, is their home. Uh, I'm going to take Georgetown to win uh, that game. I, I think that um, I think this I think that recent loss at home uh, against Villanova is is, is going to re spark those guys to 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 uh, to get to get them playing the right way. And they they were they're they're Georgetown you know despite them losing. Uh, against Villanova on, on Saturday, I, I think where Georgetown, I think they can make they can make a, they can make a push, uh, not to make a deep run in the tournament, but to 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 create a spark and definitely beat St. John's. I mean, no, all credit, you know, St. John's. I have nothing against them, and uh, they they beat they they have some pretty good wins, especially their last game. They beat a a discombobulated, bad function Marquette team by two. But in the Big East, you know, like you said, it's anyone's game. Anyone can win every day, and you got to take your wins with your wins. Um, I think St. John. I think St. John's going to become ready to play. Uh, definitely after getting hammered against Butler, uh, uh, seventy-seven fifty-five. They they were definitely, you know, re-energized, and that that played out. You definitely saw in their style of play against Marquette um, at home, and I, I'm definitely going to take Georgetown to win that one. Digging, digging forward, looking at other games, DePaul and Xavier. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, you don't really got to give me, you know, game by game. Okay. I mean, if you can like try, to, if you can just kind of like just kind of just tip your way over to just uh, who you got winning in the champ, okay. uh, who do you got in the championship game, and who do you got winning? Ah, uh, championship game. Obviously, we know the winner of whoever Villanova plays out of DePaul and Xavier. Seton Hall may meet Villanova again. I think I'm just gonna go with the winner. That, that the winner. I'm gonna say I'm gonna sit here and say the winner of Seton Hall and Nova will be in the final. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go on a record and say that Seton Hall will be in the final. 
I think, that, okay. I think that game against Villanova is going to be a close one. Other side, I think the winner out of Providence and Creighton, that's going to be who they're going to be in the final. So I'm going to go on a record and say I'm going to throw Seton Hall and Providence in the final. I don't 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 quote me on this. Don't shoot me now. Uh, and I think the, <laughs> I think the winner of the Big East tournament, I'm going to go ahead with Seton Hall. I think they're going to have a little they're going to have a little bit more magic. They're going to turn it up going into the tournament, and they won in 2016 as a three seed. And I have all confidence for them to be a three seed this year. I I think they can get it done. What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's tough, but um, I mean, I can't leave any spoilers. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, because like, I mean, I got to make my own picks yeah. as well. Yeah. So I, I'm trying try to say for everybody else. Yeah. Um, but I'll tell you what, though, I think I think Butler is not getting enough credit for the way they finished their regular season. Absolutely. And the funny thing was, I don't know if, if if you if you heard what I said on my on the last episode of the Igloo. Oh, yeah. I I predict I predicted Butler to win on the road by one point with Kamar Baldwin hitting the game winner and look what happened. It's it's funny it's funny how things work, man. You know I I'm definitely you know a huge fan of your podcast. I've been on board since you started this thing, started this, this podcast journey in the igloo, and I listened to 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 your all your episodes. But definitely I I was like, come on, this guy Tim, he's gonna go in on a record and say that Butler's gonna win on the road by one or a buzzer. And uh, it, it played out perfectly. And picking the right guy. Big, big shout out to you, man. You called it. You called it before the game even happened. You had full confidence. You did the whole breakdown. You broke it down in keys, keys to the game. And, and shout out to you, man. There's, if they, let me go on record, ladies and gentlemen. If you need a person, if you need a guy that you need a little bit of uh, bracket luck going in, not also the Big East bracket, but also going in the NCAA tournament. If you need a guy that can, if you need some magic, you're not sure. Holler at my man Tim Best, man. He's one of the he's one of the best prediction guys in the country. And uh, hell, he it it proves it proves on his last episode. He called the Butler win. He called the the game winner, and it played out that way. So America, holler hey, at and don't for don't forget what happened last week. I called St. John's upsetting Creighton at Carnesecca. <laughs> I did that too. Yeah, you 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 you're two you're two and zero oh right now on the year. I, I think I think uh, going forward, man. Every podcast show, you, you got to throw out like maybe maybe one uh one up one one prediction, one one perfect prediction to play. Like out. very like one very specific prediction. Yes, every, every I think once a podcast show, not also just in Big East tournament, maybe the Big Ten, maybe the A Sun, maybe the NCAA tournament. Like one one one. True, true. Game. Hey, you, hey, now you're just now you're just feeding me ideas, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but but. But hey, uh, you know, but hey, the biggest tournament, you know, you can make all the predictions you want, but you never quite really know what's going to happen um, at all. I mean, that's what makes this this tournament so great. Hell, a team like DePaul, uh, with especially with, you know, some of the wins that they have and the way they started earlier this year, and hey, even a team like them, they can they can make some noise. You never know, and especially now the 40th anniversary of the inaugural Big East tournament uh, and the, what was then known as the Providence Civic Center, now known affectionately as the Dunk, now 40 years later uh, in the most famous arena in all the world, Madison Square Garden. Um, the bright lights are going to be on and it's going to be uh, – it might be the best Big East tournament uh, we might see in a long time, okay. and uh, just to wrap this up, uh, yeah, Monty, oh, 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 I, I, hang, I definitely want to also say, hang on, hang on, hang on, before we wrap this up, all right? Okay. I need your pick. Who do you have to win the Big East tournament? I, I know you didn't dig into to to, to analytics and, and, and predictions of each game, but you, hey, who do you like to win the Big East and why? Oh wow! Honestly, I'm. I know that some Seno fans are gonna hate me for this. Come on! But I'm taking the I'm taking Creighton. Okay. All I'm right. taking Creighton. Okay. Okay. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Why? Why Creighton? Why, yeah. Why I, Creighton I mean, win? why why Creighton? I mean, just look at the way that they played down the stretch. I mean, this is a team that is just incredible shooting the three, and we've seen the games in which they've lost. Yeah. They did not shoot well. Um, from behind the arc, case in point, the game at St. John's um, just a week ago. And also something to bear in mind, and this is absolutely insane, um, at home this season, 
in Big East play, Creighton outscored their opponents by a combined 122 points wow. in conference wow. in nine games. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to do the math, that means they won their games by an average of about 13 and a half points a game. By an average. And again, eight and one in conference at home. And out of those eight wins, only one of them was by by single figures. Okay. And one, one more thing I want to ask you. Dick, jumping past Biggie's tournament. As far as NCAA tournament seedings go, where 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 do you where do, where do you rank Seton Hall at? Uh, right now, I think they're at the low end of the three seeds. Yeah. But I think when it's all set, when this conference tournament's all said and done, I think they're going to be on the high end of those three seeds. Mm-hmm. And I think if if they beat Villanova in the semifinals, okay. I think they're going to get preference to get the three in the East region mm-hmm. versus where Lenardi has them right now out in the West region because Villanova has the better overall record, a better overall resume, yeah. and they also was able, were able to get a win um, at the Prudential Center. And, you know, we, this would be a different conversation had Seton Hall just won that game yeah. uh, because they were in the one seed in the conference tournament, right. which is uh, completely changes everything. Yeah. Uh, but speaking of Monty, I just wanted to get overall, do you think the Big East is going to get seven teams in the tournament or will it just be six? Ah, man, that's tough. I, I'm, I'm, I would love for seven Big East teams again. Um, I think I think for some of those teams in the Big East, like the low seeding teams, I think it's going to depend on how they play in the tournament. Uh, but I'm I'm going to sit here. I'm going to tell you, I think it's going to be six teams going into the Big East tournament. I I, I just think that um, I think seven would be going on a limb. We here, but uh, definitely no question. I think I think the lock I think the lock will be will be six. Butler they're obviously going to be in. Creighton's going to be in. Seton Hall is, is already in. Villanova, Providence, Marquette. Yeah, Xavier, they're in. Marquette's pushing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not not Marquette. Xavier's in. That's that's six right there. Seven. Ah, I I I personally, you know, me, I don't, I don't I don't think um, I don't think that happened. Now, if Marquette plays well in the Big East tournament and they make a deep push, maybe they get to semifinal somehow. Then maybe uh, they make it lucky and sneak and they they could be a seventeen. Or or, or or of that matter, but uh, definitely, I, I think the lock is going to be the magic number is, is six, in my opinion. I, yeah, I mean, I, as far as I'm concerned, I think Xavier is going to be in. If um, but the thing is, they got to beat DePaul yeah. in in, huge, in that. Huge. Like they, you can't you can't afford a loss to them in the Big East term, especially on neutral court. I think with Marquette, somehow, some way, you got to beat Seton Hall if you want to be safely in because right now with the the losing skid that they've been on they're really pushing it and you know they're like they're really treading uh taking on water uh right now providence is safely in yeah and then creighton nova seton hall and butler all safely in now especially with butler getting uh 10 conference wins and now uh sitting pretty at uh 22 and 9 going into new york yeah this week, but hey, I'm again. This could be a hallmark year for the Biggies. I mean, everyone expected it to. Um, the conference tournament should deliver as expected. And hopefully, um, compared to last year, uh, hopefully they'll actually have some success as a league in the NCAA tournament as well. Yeah, who's uh, who's I, I meant to ask this earlier. Who, who's your to, to tell America and definitely to tell tell the fans of the Igloo podcast? Who's your sleeper pick in the Biggies? Where? They're not getting enough recognition, but that team has a shot to make a deep run. Who who do you think you're a sleeper in your opinion? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I know everyone talks about Providence, yeah. but my sleeper's Butler. Okay. I I mean, right now sitting at a five seed, I mean, they didn't get off to a fifteen and one start yeah. just purely by coincidence. Exactly. I mean, this team, when they're at their best, are they are a tremendous defensive team. They have that kind of guy who can take over games in March and win them and take you on a deep run and Kamar Baldwin. He's got that killer instinct, that clutch gene. I mean, he has three game-winning shots this year. 
This year, he's got three game-winning shots. Oh, yeah. He has a knack for hitting these big, big shots. As dated back to his freshman year, you know, three years ago. And, I mean, he's got this potential because, I mean, I think they're a decent matchup for Providence. I think they can match up with Creighton very well. Mm-hmm. And if they get another crack at a Villanova or a Seton Hall, considering that they got swept by Seton Hall, yeah. and they also beat Villanova at the buzzer, um way back in the middle of in early February, mm-hmm. you know, you never know with this Butler team, man. I think Laval Jordan is finally getting his guys uh, back into the right frame of mind after they, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say they came back down to earth. I mean, as far as, far as I'm concerned, I mean, after starting 15-1, they kind of crashed. But luckily, they picked themselves back up. They're starting to play good basketball again, coming on a three-game win streak. And I know two of them, Two of those wins were against not very good basketball teams in yeah. DePaul and St. John's. Yeah. But to go on the road and beat Xavier as well in a tough environment at the Centos Center, mm. even without Paul Scruggs, not an easy task. Impressive. So, yeah, exactly. Especially with Kamar Baldwin hitting the game winner after Najee Marshall had given uh, Xavier the lead after an and one uh, in the final seconds. But, I mean, everyone talks about Providence, but they're forgetting about the team that they're facing in the quarterfinal round Thursday afternoon. The Butler. Bulldogs, and I think if they stick to the Butler way and just their identity as a team, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think they're going to turn a lot of heads in New York. Yeah, that, that def, definitely, man, huge. And, and the one thing that you know when you have, you know, like you said, like LeVar Jordan, you know you have you know you know have your guys rolling, you know, when you face some adversity. And they definitely faced some adversity this year when they went on that, that, uh, three, that three, three-game losing streak. Uh, in the middle of February, I believe their three game, their three games they lost was uh, home against Georgetown. I think the next game they played Seton Hall, lost by two, and then they got destroyed on the road at Creighton. And they were, like you said, they were going on a, on a downhill. They were facing a lot of adversity, and then they just they, they finished the season strong. And that I think, you know, obviously in my opinion, that's important because you want to go into the Big East tournament on a good note. You don't want to go in the Big East in tournament on 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 a on a losing streak, you know, like Marquette or, or like Seton Hall. Uh, but going in on knowing that you won your last three games and preparing for a great Providence squad, that that that's a huge, huge, huge confidence builder, and, and it, it's a, it's a it's a huge it's a huge as a whole. Knowing that hey, won a three game win streak, let's keep it rolling going to the Big East tournament and and the greatest arena in the country in the Garden. So that's definitely that's definitely important to to, to note on. Uh, for for Butler, but I definitely like your Butler sleeper pick. Uh, they they can they they have they can shock, they can be anybody in, in the tournament, and if they can somehow uh, beat a Cooley Providence team, then I I think that they have a, a good shot to make it to the final. Yeah, I mean I totally agree with you, man. And uh, I you know uh, to go off of you know how they rebounded. I mean honestly. Those five days that they had off after getting decimated by Creighton yeah. before they played DePaul at home, I think that uh, made a huge difference between because I think it gave that team just some time to just breathe, reflect, and just reset and like just get their heads reset and back to square one and just worry about taking things one game at a time. And it's, it's definitely helped them rest. I mean, not just physically, but mentally as well yeah. uh, as they figure themselves out again. Yeah. Uh, so again, a lot to look forward to um, this week in the big apple with the big East tournament. And especially with Seton Hall as they try to um, overcome the fact that they basically have the one seed in hand about a few weeks ago, yeah. Uh, before falling uh, to uh, the three seed where they are now as Creighton has risen all the way up to number one, Villanova two, and uh, Seton Hall at the three in that three-way tie atop the Big East this year. Uh, So, Monty, really appreciate you uh, coming inside the Igloo. Thank you for your analysis (laughs) and uh, and your time, and I look forward to following you up with you up soon. All right, man. Always a pleasure coming to Igloo. Look forward to coming, making many more appearances down the road. Always a pleasure, Tim, man. You, you do a great job, the Igloo, and I know I know this podcast is going to continue to be a success. And uh, if you ever need me, just give me a call, man. I'll always make time for you. So thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, Monty. And you know, you know, I'm you know I'm gonna give you a call whenever I need you, man. So and and and, and I'll be watching the biggest tournament all week. I know you will be yeah. too. So yeah. uh, enjoy it, man. Hey. Well- we got to set up, man. Can we do like a live tweet thing during the Big East tournament? Can, can we like start a trend here? 
you know, I, I know we're both going to be watching the tournament, but can, can we just yeah. can we do a live, uh, maybe a live tweet, man, a, a live tweeting kind of thing, man, with these games, you know, kind of interact with the fans a little bit, you know? But that just You know what? I was thinking the exact same thing. I was really thinking about doing, like, Instagram Live or something and trying to find someone to watch these games with. Yeah. And you know what? Like, d- depending on the times, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to set my butt down, order me some pizza, watch some basketball, and talk about the games. Hey, it's man. not a bad idea. Yeah, I, 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 if you want to do it, you need someone, I'm all in, man. I definitely like the idea. And, I, 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 I hey, if you want to do it, let's do it. Yeah, just hey, just make just make sure if I'm getting if I'm getting pizza from where I am, you better get some pizza for yourself. All right. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I'm hey, biggest tournament, man. I'm gonna be locked and loaded, ready to go. Snacks, chips, cookies. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna be right with you, man. And we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this thing together. So if you're gonna order some pizza from your end, I'm definitely gonna call my pizzeria on my end and uh, get some get some fresh pies, ready to lock and loaded, ready to go. Oh yeah, that's facts, man. Hey, I. Uh, uh, well, I guess I'll, I'll talk to you again on Wednesday for the opening night. Absolutely, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Tim. All right. So, wrapping up this episode of the Igloo. Welcome back. And this is where I'm going to wrap things up. Again, this is day number one of this marathon of episodes of the Igloo. I'm going to have a new episode every day for the next week and a half or so. Maybe even more. Uh, hoping to do it for the next two weeks since... There should be a lot of uh, NCAA tournament action involving Big East teams as got about at least six, but possibly seven teams getting into the field this year. And they should be in action throughout the entire weekend, that first weekend of the NCAA tournament, not this weekend, but the next one. So I'll have episodes of each of those um, basically every day for the next two weeks. So, Uh, Be on the lookout for a new episode every single day. I got Patrick Madden on tomorrow to talk about some Big East tournament predictions as well and get his thoughts on uh, the recent honorees for the all Big East teams, all freshmen, and then the award still to be given out for player of the year, coach of the year, and freshman of the year. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. And for my Instagram lives throughout the Big East tournament this week, And thank you again to Monty Moss for joining me to talk about a lot, obviously, with the All-Big East selections and getting his thoughts on what could happen in the Big East tournament this week. So thanks for tuning into this episode. Be on the lookout for the new one coming out tomorrow uh, with Patrick Madden. So thank you for tuning into this one. And I will see you tomorrow as I continue to get you ready for the 41st annual Big East Tournament. And the, if I'm not mistaken, the 38th in a row inside the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. So until then, this is Tammy Ice signing off. Thanks for tuning in and be on the lookout for a brand new episode of the Igloo coming out tomorrow.